Good morning. Good morning. Let me extend my welcome on top of goodies to uh, everyone who's here this morning, both in the room and those not in the room. Uh, it is uh, a joy to be able to worship together in whatever way we do that. If you're a visitor to Blacknall, we particularly are glad that you can be with us and pray that you would uh, become more deeply connected to us, our life together. Reach out to us, send us an email, uh, contact uh, myself or Goody. We'd love to uh, get to know you better. So in this season of uh, distance, don't let the distance keep, you, keep us apart. There is a, a pad there in your pews, too. If you could take that and sign that, that would be a, a good thing for us to know who's here this morning. Our text this morning is, is not in the Gospel of Mark. We're taking a break this week. Uh, our text comes from Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. As a congregation, as we begin this period of pastoral transition, it feels particularly important for us to hear this word from Hebrews chapter 3. So listen again to God's word to us, reading verses 1 through 6. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly, heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's health. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. This too is word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This text indeed is for us today. Verse 1 tells us all that we need to know in order for us to navigate this transition together. It tells us who we are. It tells us what we're supposed to do. And it tells us how we are supposed to do it. This text is for us today. It reminds us of the gift that we have received in, in Alan Poole and Betsy, and Ellie, and Sam, and Caitlin, and Sarah. It reminds us of what we received, but it also gives us hope and confidence for the future. So please look with me at this text in your Bible, Hebrews chapter 3. First, verse 1 tells us who we are. We are holy brothers and sisters. We are holy we are not perfect, we are not without sin, and we certainly are not better than anyone else. But we are holy. We are holy like some old houses are holy. I used to live in eastern Pennsylvania and in Philadelphia, and walking around Philadelphia, driving around eastern Pennsylvania, every once in a while you would see an old, old house that had a plaque in front of it that let you know that George Washington had slept there or some other famous American had lived in that house. They were old houses. They weren't better than other houses on the street, but they were holy. They were set apart, preserved because of their connection to George Washington or some other great American. 
We are not holy because we are so perfect or sinless. We are holy because of who lives in our house, because of who lives in my heart and your heart, because who dwells with us together in this fellowship. Our lives probably don't look any better than anyone else's, but we are holy brothers and sisters, not because Jesus stayed here once a long time ago. We are holy because Jesus dwells here. He abides here now. Our sin and brokenness may make it difficult to recognize him, but the truth is he is in us and with us, and we are holy. And we are holy brothers and sisters. This is who we are. And we need to be reminded of this again and again. Not only are we holy, but we are also brothers and sisters. We are unified in one family. You don't get to choose your brothers and sisters. When I was born, I had a brother. I didn't get to choose him. I've always had a brother, and he will always be my brother. When I was three, I was given a sister. I didn't get to choose her. When we were little, she was a frequent frustration to me. And she could tell you that I was not always kind to her either. But she is still my sister. She will always be my sister. We are holy brothers and sisters. This is the truth. Now, we can live in denial of this truth. We can act as if we are not related. But it is denial of what is true, of what is real. And any time we live in denial of what is real, we do so at our own peril. This is true about who we are in Blacknell. It is true about our relationships within the church across the world. We care about what is happening in Eastern Congo because our brothers and sisters live there. We care about what is happening in Palestine and Israel because we have brothers and sisters who live there. We care about the pandemic sweeping across India because we have brothers and sisters who are impacted by it. We care about what is happening in East Durham because we have brothers and sisters who live there. But this is not just true across the world in the church. It's true within our congregation as well. Even within our congregation, we are tempted to live as if the quality of my life is independent of the quality of your life. My sister will always be my sister. But if I never call her, if I never visit her, my life is poorer. Is there a brother or sister you have not called, you have not seen? Is there a brother or sister within this congregation that you have not seen because, perhaps just because you have not run into them because we've not been together in worship for the past 14 months? We need to live in reality. Who is that person? Call them that sister, that brother, reach out to them. Friends, this is what Alan has been teaching us for these past 36 years. We are holy, claimed by God, set apart by the blood of Christ, belonging to him. Each one of us, one in whom God's Holy Spirit dwells. One greater than George Washington. Alan taught us this, and not just from the pulpit either. He taught us this by his life. How many stories could we tell this morning of how Alan was present with us, of how he showed up, 
I can remember our own experience of being in the NICU with our grandson Moses and looking up, and there was Alan. Alan telling us by his very presence that Moses was holy, part of God's family. So much more to tell that I cannot this morning, other than to say how Alan has labored to remind us of our bonds in Christ when our fellowship has been threatened by the dividing lines we see in our world to remind us that our identity first and foremost is what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Therefore, let us never forget who we are, holy brothers and sisters. Right before I preached this morning, Alan said, what, what's your text, what you're preaching on? I tried to tell him, well, the first point is we are holy brothers and sisters, and the second point is, and I couldn't remember the second point. <laughs> We need help remembering these things, right? And so let's, there's three things that I think we need to remember this morning. So I'm going to do what I do with the kids, right? We are holy, right? Holy <laughs> brothers and sisters, right? Can we remember that? We are holy brothers and sisters. We have to remember this. The second thing that we need, are taught here in verse 1 is we are taught what we are to do, that we share in the heavenly calling. We, I'm making this up as we go here, because I just found out a little while ago, I didn't know the points, right? <laughs> we share, right, in the heavenly calling, all right? <laughs> we share in the heavenly calling. When I thought about this sermon, I thought about preaching on Ephesians 3, 10 and 11, these favorite verses of Alan's, right, that remind us of our calling. He shared with us over and over again about our heavenly calling here. It says that God's intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is our heavenly calling. It is heavenly because it comes from heaven. It is heavenly because it is cosmic in its scope. It is heavenly because it is eternal. This will never end. It is heavenly because it demands our whole lives, our whole selves. Friends, as we go through this season of transition, we need to remember our heavenly calling. We are not just a group of friends. We're not just a, a cosmic family of brothers and sisters. Our, our unity, our family has a purpose, a calling to make known the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places and to our neighbors. We have a purpose that demands complete surrender. God save us from the gospel that is too small. God save us from the gospel that is little more than us trying hard to be nice to others. No, in the season of transition, let us be determined to live more fully into our heavenly calling giving one another and the world around us a foretaste of the kingdom of heaven. This past week, I asked our elders to share with me what is it they will remember? What, if, what Alan has taught us? What are the, the key theological, biblical points that they will remember? One of them said this, Alan seems to never to have given up on our little church or forgotten how we, despite our many and glaring foibles, in some crazy way embody a bit of the promise of the kingdom, of the life of the new creation 
Now that takes faith. He just cares so much for all of us. Amen. We heard it last week in his sermon. We cannot live into this heavenly calling apart from the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We must not settle for less, for a watered-down version of church that we can pull off without the Holy Spirit. Our life together should make our neighbors, the, the sociologists, the principalities and powers in the heavenly places all scratch their heads and wonder if perhaps this God is at work in our midst. This means many things. But one thing it particularly means that Alan has taught us is that it means having grace for one another, that we are willing to forgive and not to give up on one another. And the beautiful thing is, Alan would tell us that you have taught him that at least as much as he has taught us. Let us continue to embody the kingdom of heaven in this way. We are holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, right? And then the third thing, the third thing, verse 1 tells us not only what we are to do, but how we are to do it. Who share in the heavenly calling by fixing our thoughts on Jesus. By fixing our thoughts on Jesus. Fix our thoughts on Jesus. If there's anything we need to do in this time of transition, it is this. Fix our thoughts on Jesus. <laughs> it's what Alan's been saying to us for 36 years, I think. Right? <laughs> it's, what making, it's, what, it's what's making it so hard, I think, for Alan probably to sit here right now, right? We're talking much too much about him. And not enough about Jesus, I think, is what he would tell us. Fix our thoughts on Jesus. Notice what the writer of Hebrews says. In these first chapters of Hebrews, he has been comparing Jesus first to the angels and convincing us that Jesus is far superior to the angels. And now he's comparing Jesus to Moses and saying the same, that Jesus is superior even to Moses. Just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house, Jesus was faithful. And then verse 5 says that Moses was a faithful servant in all God's house, but Christ was faithful over God's house as a son. Moses was a servant in God's house, but Christ is the builder of God's house. Beloved, Alan Poole has been a faithful servant in God's house. Not perfect, but faithful. We will miss him. We, we grieve at our loss. And he's taking Betsy with him too. <laughs> but Christ is the builder of the house, of this house. Verse 5 says, Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. Alan has been faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what God has spoken to us in Jesus Christ. And we thank God for him and for Betsy, for all that God has spoken through them. And what I say now is nothing new to us. And I hesitate to say it at all, because we've been hearing it for so long, longer than just 36 years at Blackmore. Christ is the builder of this house. We will miss Alan. We will miss Betsy. 
But Christ is the builder of this house. Friends, as we enter into this season, can we remember these three things? We are holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling. So let us fix our thoughts on Jesus. Amen? Let us pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for your faithfulness to us in building your house in us at Blackmall. Lord, may we be faithful to that heavenly calling. May we indeed fix our thoughts, our eyes on you, Lord Jesus. May we follow you as we love one another, these holy brothers and sisters you've called us to share life with. And may that go beyond just Blacknell, to share in this heavenly calling with all our brothers and sisters, that we might bring glory and honor to you, Lord Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.